Hello and welcome to the Borbo and Bungus Hour. I'm Borbo. And I am Bungus. And this is a show where two married idiots hit the random button on Wikipedia and explore its deep, dank depths for history, mystery, science, and absolute fucking horseshit. Good morning, my love. Good morning, Borbo. Hey, uh, I've got the formulation of a joke here on the tip of my tongue. Help me workshop it. Uh, what do you call the anthropological study of urine? What? Pistory. I'm not excited about that. Yeah, you look pretty pissed. (laughs) (laughs) Get out of my room, Dad. What? That was a dad joke, babe. Oh, yeah, I suppose so. Are you winning, son? No. Playing Quake with the boys? Who plays Quake with the boys? Dads. 30 years ago. Yeah, that's true. I guess. Okay, so once again, I am once again getting over being sick. So I am very sorry if my voice sounds like ass, you hear me sniffle, or I mouth breathe into the mic. I'm once again getting over being thick as shit. You're not getting over it. We established this already. You're still thick. Goddamn right. All right. Our first random article is Thomas Huert. <laughs> wow. H a u e r t Thomas Huert is a Swiss dancer and choreographer, leader of the Brussels-based company Zoo. Thomas Huert. So wait, is the name of the Brussels-based company Zoo slash Thomas Huert? I guess. Well, I don't know. Okay. There's no there's no link or anything. What do you think his special dance move is that he's known for? Um the kick flail. Cool. I was thinking of the Swiss shimmy. Oh, see, you're way better at coming up with stuff like that than I am. I just imagined him like kicking and like doing like a rocket kick mm-hmm. and like kind of flailing just a little bit. And I can't come up with any other name for that besides the kick flail. Yeah, kick flail. And you're like the Swiss shimmy. Mm. You made me sound like uh, the the radio guy from the mountain before they got canceled. Oh, okay. Got a nice voice. Oh, okay. I don't have a nice voice, but I think you have a nice voice. Okay. Well, I'm not allowed to fucking compliment you. Take a fucking compliment, you prick. No! <laughs> no! My body fucking melts. Oh, no. Drink my fluid. Gain my strength. There's a puddle in our computer room talking. <laughs> Thomas Hort, only you can kick flip my sauce into a cup so I can be reconstituted. Come on, Tommy baby, help me out. Tommy, baby. Tommy, get out of the zoo. The next random article is Live in Paris 19. It is the first in a trio of benefit live albums by Australian psychedelic rock band King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. I love that shit. Actually, you know who they are? Yeah. 
Oh, nice, which was released digitally to Bandcamp on 10 January 2020. It was released simultaneously with one other live album, Live in, live in Ad Adelaide? Adelaide. Yeah, 19. The third album, Live in Brussels 19, was released five days later. The debut, the album debuted at number nine on ARIA album charts. Nice. King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizards, pretty fucking cool shit. Sounded like a trailer park boy there. Now, as always, there is a uh, track listing. Would you like to read through yes, them? Yes, move your brawny shoulders so as I can read them. Uh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Evil Star. Venusian 2. Perihelion. Crumbling Castle. The Fourth Color. Deserted Dunes Welcome Weary Feet. The Castle in the Air. Muddy Water. People Vultures. Mr. Beat. Hot water. This thing. Billabong Valley. Nuclear fusion. Anoxia. All is known. Boogeyman Sam. Mars for the rich. Am I in heaven? No, you're in our computer room. Okay, Jesus fucking Christ. Skiddly bop. Poop shoot. Poop shoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they call it scat because you shit your pants while you're doing it. The Tan Fuok District Fuck. Fuck. is a rural district in Tian Yang Province and the Mekong Delta region of Vietnam. As of 2018, the district had a population of 63,032 people. The district covers an area of 333.21 kilometers squared. The district capital lies in Muifuk. <laughs> Tanfuck lies in Muifuk. Yep, 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 as they say. Uh, it's a really pretty picture that they've got there, actually. Mm -hmm. Looks like on the Mississippi. Um, it looks kind of dangerous. A little bit. Uh, in like a... There's power lines next to that muddy water. Well, yeah, you got to power your mud. You got to activate your charcoal, babe. G oh. Activated charcoal renders medications you took beforehand to mute. Activated mud fucking kills you instantly <laughs> yep does it kill you like does it like strangle you or does it get inside you and go mm. i'm gonna fuck up all these organs how does yeah, it kill you it, tell me hmm. you're treading into deviant art territory a little bit here babe okay well yeah you know. a little man made out of the mud slides inside of you and snaps your bones Bonds. Oh, my bonds. Say it again. Bonds. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Okay, we're going to uh, move on now. Ten fuck murder mud. <laughs> Ooh, the Queen Mary University of London. Okay, so we're only going to read the first paragraph. Of I'm this. only going to read the first paragraph. Okay, go ahead. The Queen Mary University of London, Quammel, or informally, Quam, is a public research university Com. In, Com. Com. in London, England, and a member institution of the Federal University of London. It dates back to the foundation of London Hospital Medical College in 1785. I have to swallow spit. I'm a slobbery boy. I'm like a Great Dane or a Mastiff. Queen Mary College, named after Mary of Tech was admitted to the University of London in 1915, and in 1989, merged with Westfield College to form Queen Mary in Westfield College. It's like a fucking nerd of Ultron. In 1995... <laughs> 
Queen Mary and Westfield College merged again with St. Bartholomew's Hospital Medical College and the London Hospital Medical College to form Super Voltron, the School of Medicine and Dentistry. <laughs> if, okay, so if the Queen of England, who totally isn't dead and is fighting robots in space right now in her Gundam, what would it be themed after? What would like its aesthetic be? Would it be just like a knight? Would it be... Beakers. <laughs> okay. It, because it's a it's a medical. Oh, yeah. And the first thing that came to your mind when you thought of medical work was beakers? Well, it was needles. Okay. Because they use needles a lot in medicine. What do they do with beakers? But usually needles are very unpleasant for people to hear. Yes. So I'm glad needles, that you brought needles. this up. So I said, I changed, I switched gears and oh. went to the science. Listen, baby. And said beakers. We've already talked about the tan fuck cum murder mud, whatever it was that we talked about. All right. This is already a little unpleasant. Let's keep going. Their coat of arms is fucking cool. There's a, what would that be? A Kelpie, a Selkie, a, a Murhorse, and a dragon, and a lion. A lion, I'm a lion, meow, get this beaker out of my ass. Oh, what? Yeah, no, that's, look at the lion's face. That's that's the expression of a lion with a beaker in his bung. Not having a good day. No, he apparently is not having meow. a good day. Meow. <laughs> Meowses. So when you said, I was looking down when you said Mary of Tech, and I thought you said Mary of Dick. <laughs> Mary of Dick. Mary says it was a mistake to come here. Our next random article is not this. What? I can't pronounce this. I'll try it. Okay. Abhiyam Njanyam. Abby and Me is a 2013 Indian Malayalam film directed by S.P. Mahesh. Super powerful Mahesh. Squid Penis Mahesh. Arkava Kavi and debu- Debutante? Debutante. What is a debutante? Uh, like in the South. They have debu- the uh, debutante ball. Oh. It's like for teenage girls to like come out and pretty themselves okay. up and show off the manners. Mm, gotta get me a good... Anybody know around here where I can find some cocaine? I'm a southern antebellum lawyer. It's 1985. Do you have a little bit of the nose candy for little old me to solve my crimes? <laughs> I'm Matt Locke. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, fuck, Matt Locke just... Like putting coke on a sandwich and and eating it so beautifully, and solves that's why his suit was white. It's so if he got any sandwich on himself, it wouldn't be that hard to wash out. No, it was made of cooking. Oh, yeah. See, here I am thinking about the complexities of laundering a white suit. No, he was butt ass naked under that. And you're just like, the suit was made of cocaine. Butt naked. Did you like my impression of you? That was really good. You made Thank me you. sound like a like a Pooh Bear type character. And I'm a okay Pooh with Barrick? A p- <laughs> Pooh Barrick? Hmm. Pooh Barrick. Pooh Barrick. Oh, that's nothing. Pooh Barrick. 
That's nothing. Yeah, talk about my public boy, baby. Uh, anyway, debutante to me sounded like something that you call someone that you don't like, but you're trying to be nice about it. Oh, look at that outfit. Don't you look like a dashing little debutante? Mm, wow. Mm. But no, now that I know, debutante Rohit Nair play the lead along with... Wow. The film is a travel movie, which revolves around two characters. Abirami... Arcana and Rahul, Rohit, and plots, plots the happenings in the life of the protagonists from morning to evening on that particular day. Despite the title, Abhiyam Jananamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamam
The announcers for the show were generally Tyne T's continuity announcers such as Judy Lines, Jonathan Morrell, and Bill Steele. Bill Steele. <laughs> fucking so basically what this show was is two people doing crosswords at each other. With comedy happening at or around them. Okay. Sounds kind of awful. Yeah, that doesn't sound great. Sounds... I mean, yeah, I, I really like British TV. Like, I love British comedies, but, like, there's some British shows, like, some British comedies that are just fucking bad. Give They're me, not good. Give me an example of a br- bad British comedy. And I'm I'll not going to do one. that. I'm not going to say anybody's art is bad. Well, I'm going to say somebody's art was bad. In the early to mid 80s, they were really reaching the bottom of the barrel for sitcom concepts. So at one point or another, the BBC produced either the pilot or the first, like, few episodes of a sitcom wherein uh, Hitler was either still alive or resurrected and trying to live in, like, modern suburban Britain. That sounds fun, though. Mm. I mean, it's, you know, like classic fish out of water, but it what doesn't sound fun about it is... All the racism. Yeah, like, hey, fish out of water stories are fun, but I don't know, when half of your fish is... Okay, so originally I just heard, like, you know, somebody put somewhere where they're not supposed to be, and I was like, fish out of water. Yeah. I always enjoy those kinds of stories, but now that I'm really giving it a thought, that sounds fucking terrible. I need to change... Can I change my answer? Um, Yeah, but you have to say it in a British accent. Can I change my answer? Yeah, the answer has to be in the British accent. A worse one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, it sounds fucking awful, isn't it? I'm, I'm, I'm Winston Churchill. Eats a fucking cigar. Didn't he have a parrot? I have no idea. That, I'm not up on my Winston Churchill lawyer. Go to www.winstonchurchillsfatfuckingcock.com <laughs> to see if he's got that parrot. <laughs> if you go to winstonchurchillsfatfuckingcock.com, it's just a picture of a fucking parrot. Yeah. And I think the parrot said, like, Nazis bad and also uh, Russian and Japanese slurs, which isn't great. Way to go, Winnie boy. Yeah. Them crazy Brits. Oh, them Brits. Any limey listeners from across the ponds, I tell you what. I like the way that you put beans on stuff. I fucking love beans, bud. Beans on toast. It's true. Heinz beans pizza. Uh, you know, I saw a meme. Uh, not that. Uh, over the week or so. Yes. And I immediately thought of you. Oh. Um, it was somebody like standing at a party with a cup in their hand. And then the next panel is over the cup. And it's just a cup full of like Bush's baked beans. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's my fucking husband at a party. Like standing alone in a corner because he's overstimulated as fuck. And there's just beans in his cup. Yeah. Will you do that at the next party we go to? At the next party we go to or have here, I will, for your pleasure, drink a cup of beans. Oh, now wait a minute. Now wait, 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 wait. For your pleasure. Hey, baby, look how many beans are in this cup. No, no, Mm. no, 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 Hank. That's, 
I immediately regret asking no. you that because mm. you're just going to fart the entire fucking time. <laughs> I'm a mean green bean machine. Yes. Yes. All right, moving on. Yes. A mite. Mites are cute. They're little gloves. Where are you then? Ooh. Ambulicius anacardi. Ambulicius anacardi is a species of mite in the family. Mites. (laughs) (laughs) Phyloceidae. Oh, yeah, they're little gloves. They're little rubber gloves filled up with cream. I mean, that doesn't sound fun either. A rubber glove filled up with cream? No. Nah, they're cute. Chocolate rain. Squeeze my balls. Shit my pants again. Chocolate rain. That's like 15 years old. Our next random article is Samuel Samuel and Co. Wow. Samuel Samuel and Co. was founded in Yokohama, Japan by Samuel Samuel. What the (laughs) fuck was that? Did you fart? I did. Okay, great. I'm gassy and sassy. We were in a small room sitting by a hot computer. It's too cold to open the windows. No. <laughs> My plan has worked. Samuel Samuel, in partnership with his elder brother, Marcus Samuel, creator of Shell Transport and Trading Company. The opening of this trading company helped pave the way for the industrialization of Japan. By June 1912, Samuel Samuels and Company was operating in Taipei, Formosa, then occupied by Japan, and it also listed Samuel Samuel Co. LTD in Taipei, Formosa. What does LTD stand for? Limited. What does LTD stand for? Limited. Look it up. What does LTD stand for? Limit. Oh. <laughs> hmm. Large Taipeian l- dudes. He only hired big boys. Samuel Samuel's the name of a, a big fella. So, like, you know, he didn't, like, Samuel Samuel and Hamuel Slamuel, uh, they were big boys, and they wanted to work with, with similar large lads. So, large the dude is what LTD stands for. Oh, large the dude. Large La- the dude, Not yeah. large Taipan. No, they hired dude. large dudes from everywhere. Okay, large the dude. Large the dude. Samuel Samuel and company, large the dude. Yeah. Samuel. Had to be real large. Yeah, like Andre the Giant or like... To work there. Mid-90s John Goodman. Man, mid nineties John Goodman was a fucking beefcake, yeah, dude. Dude, dude was kind of banging. <clears throat> I'd take that fella out, not to Perkins, but maybe to Denny's. What? Yeah, yeah. I would take him to fucking Perkins. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, we're talking about Wizard the board game. <laughs> <laughs> Wizard is a game system of medieval fantasy combat designed by Steve Jackson, later of Steve Jackson Games, and published by Metagaming in 1978. In 2019, Wizard was revived and released by Steve Jackson Games. Oh shit, Steve Jackson did GURPS. That's pretty wild. What's GURPS? GURPS was a mid to late 80s uh, tabletop RPG system that a whole fucking lot of uh, 
computer games in the 90s, like role-playing games, had their uh, basis in oh. Wasteland and Fallout, if I remember right, had their start as GURPS games. Oh, neat. That kind of shit. Interesting. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Uh, Cyberpunk. Stanislaw Kajetan Przepolowski. Stanislaw was a Polish painter. Originally based in Poland, he moved to Scotland during the Second World War and later worked in England and the Netherlands. He became known for his large series of pencil portraits of Polish soldiers in the Second World War. Three of these portraits are kept at the Amsterdam Rijksmuseum. Rijksmuseum? I don't know. I also don't know. Click on it to pronounce it. Oh, it's pretty. Yeah. It's got a. How does the. How do you pronounce the L with a slash through it? Do you know? L slash? Le slash. <laughs> or the m- oh, it's pronounced like a W. Oh, so let's go back to his name then. Where's the L slash? Stanislaw. Stanislaw. <laughs> Is there an example of his work on this page anywhere? Hey, there they are, those boys. It's men. It's them boys. Hell yeah, dude. Yo, it's the boys. There's Billy Jawline, <clears throat> Jimmy Smallface, and Frankie Forehead. Classic Polish names. They worked at a sandwich shop together in... New England, which is better than the old one, I assume. You know, some people say it's better. I prefer the old. Yeah? Why is that? Well, it's a classic. (laughs) I'm a bit of a hipster. I like the old England, okay? When they became New England, they got too mainstream. You know what I'm saying? I did not appreciate that comparison, sir. Yabba dabba booba bala. You watch yourself. (laughs) Sophie Dwall. Dwall. Sophie Dahl is a French actress and writer. She was born in Belfort and trained at the National Conservatory in Strasbourg. She published her first book, Camille Mon Evoli, in 2015. This won the Best First Novel Prize from Lear magazine. Her third novel, All Grand Lavoir, won the EU Literature Prize in 2019. Nice. Good for her. Now, why is her thing, the little thing at the bottom that comes up, why is authority control her little pull-up tab there? What? The blue bar. What does that mean? I have no idea. Me neither. I like to think that that's the name of the beam, (gasps) the beam attack she's blasting out of her finger in that picture. She says, authority control, and a laser comes out. But what kind of superpower is authority control? She makes you do what you want while she can hit you with the beam. So, like, if you get undercover or something, you're fine. But if you're out in the open and you get hit with that shit, you got to start uh, acting and writing in French. That's what the beam does. Okay. The beret beam. Don't take my cord. I was jostling that. Yeah, I know, and y- you can hear it. The audience loves a good jostling. Listeners, like and subscribe for more jostling. <laughs> Yeah, come on over to Bungenheim and get jostled. That's what our house is called, Bungenheim. I'm trying, you know, I'm I'm really trying to get our audio a lot better. I'm trying to get it worse. Yeah, you really fucking are. <laughs> I'm going to eat a sandwich loudly in front of the microphone. Oh, God, no, I'm cutting that. I'm <laughs> no, cutting that. Keep I it fucking in. hate keep it. Keep it in. Uh, <laughs> stop. Stop. Yes. 
My I just wicked. drink like a pot of coffee and yes. like my stomach's not great and you're doing that. I'm wacky. You're not wacky. You're I'm dick. wacko. <laughs> <laughs> William Bruce Kellogg was an American actor. He's best known for playing the title role in The Deer Slayer. In the 1940s, he was under contract to MGM. There are a bunch of uh, movies that he was in, and they're all from 1942 to 1955, which I'm imagining nobody's ever seen. He, uh... Any relation to, like, the Kellogg's family? Uh, probably not. Otherwise, it would have been mentioned. Yeah. Also, Deer Slayer isn't... <clears throat> I don't know. That's not a great title to show your prowess. Yes, I've killed a mighty elephant. I've slain the mighty panther. I shot a deer from my truck. Step it up a bit there, Brucey baby. It's a western. Oh. Hey there, partner. So it's probably like it from 1941, so it's probably like just rampant with fucking racism. Yes. So I was taking care of this woman and her bed was in the living room and her husband was in there and he was watching like old westerns and I was I can remember like cringing at the amount of fucking racism towards Native Americans and that shit and like I was on my way out and like their son he like stayed upstairs and he would take care of his mother during like the night but he didn't want to give his mother a bath. Um, so I came and gave her a bath. So he came down and he was like, hey, how was everything? And I can remember looking him dead in the eyes and being like, I don't like Westerns and just walking out. And like he asked me about it when I came back. He was like, so, yeah, that was a bit odd. And I was like, yeah, there's just a lot of racism. And I was not happy about it. And so I fucking left. Yep. It's a shame. Before I said something nasty. And he was like, oh, that's understandable. I ask my father all the time, like, hey, can you not? Yeah. It's a shame because I personally really enjoy, like, the aesthetics of Western. Yeah, but, like, the aesthetic, like, old Western movies. Yeah. They're just, they're fucking awful. Yeah. And the ones. Like, they should, like, release more, like new westerns you know what i mean but i mean like yeah it is historically accurate because racism was like prevalent back in those times but like seriously do we need it like the aesthetic is fun yeah keep the vibe everybody loves a good cowboy everybody loves a bad cowboy even as we've seen with hit programs like the mandalorian which is just a western in space yeah that but like good all the music it's pretty good um Either old westerns, for the most part, were either like blithely, uncomfortably racist or bleedingly patriotic. Yeah. And remember that thing we watched about how uh, Blazing Saddles killed westerns almost single handedly because westerns, <gasps> yeah, 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 at that point in TV were just kind of parades of moral purity. Mm hmm. Uh, so Mel Brooks wanted to really make fun of that and he did that by being overtly racist like by being overly like over the top racist well, and sure. being like hey like this 
basically like hey this isn't cool but like listen how stupid they sound yeah, when they okay. do shit like this he also cast a black guy as his lead mm-hmm. which which was unheard of in that time certainly for westerns mm-hmm. blazing saddles was mid early 70s right uh i'm not sure let's look it up yeah. we have a computer right in front of us uh 1974 where did you see that right there oh yeah 1974 okay Uh, Dear listeners, if you want a fantastic, fucking great video on this subject, I would highly recommend the video You Couldn't Make Blazing Saddles Today by the YouTuber Infranaut. Phenomenal shit. Really interesting listen. Because a lot of the video is talking about, like, what TV culture was like in the 70s. And why Westerns, even then, were still lingering as... uh, as my wife and I had described as being uncomfortable paradigms of racism and patriotism. Patriaracism. Not reading articles is yucking a lot of people's yums. So Not... I say we move on from racism. Okay. Wait, did you just say yucking yums in conversation? I did. I really wish you never did that. Why? It <sighs> yucks my yums. Oh no. Oh no. Bill Bull Dempsey, holy shit. When he was born on January 16th, 1988, he was 34 years old when he was born. What? Underneath the picture. That's fucking nuts, dude. It says he was born in 1988. As a 34-year-old. And he's now age 34. No, he was... That's not what that means! He hasn't aged up from 34. He's still 34 years old. Oh, my fucking God. So that large man jumped out of a woman? She's a very large woman. She was the son of that guy, the Sanford, Sanford and Sons over there in Japan with the big boys. The shipping boys. The large, the large dude. The large, large the dudes. <laughs> Bull Dempsey is the large son of. Okay. Large Marge well, of large the dudes. His name's James Smith. James Smith is an American football. Holy fuck! Wow. <laughs> James Smith is an American professional wrestler currently performing internationally under the ring name Bull James. He is best known for his time in WWE, where he performed on NXT under the ring name Bull Dempsey. I like Bull Dempsey better. Bull James, also, whoa we. He's he, a large lad. He's a big boy. Does he have any signature moves? Look for his moves. I like to think that his signature move was uh, like cow pie, like cow flop, you know, where he'd fucking body slam you from the top rope, but then pantomime being a cow and fucking shit on them. What would that move be called? The cow flop. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 <clears throat> yeah. Sparacyonide. Is yep. a family of wasps in the superfamily Platygastroidea, known species of the parasitoids of the eggs, Orthopterans. The, so they're parasitic. Orthopterans. Of Orthopterans, which if I okay, remember right. Fuck. What is an Orthopteran? That's dragonflies and shit, right? Yeah, no. No, grasshoppers, locusts, and crickets. Okay, so these wasps, they lay their eggs in the eggs. 
of the grasshoppers and whatnot. Or they're fucking tiny, and they themselves are the parasites. There are parasitic tiny, tiny, tiny wasps. Hmm. That might even be one of them. Interesting. Parasites of our parasites of our parasites. Look at the picture of it. It's cute. I gotta sneeze. (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ. You sneeze like a dad. Do you have a fucking family somewhere that you haven't told me about? Yeah, it's the parasites in my colon right now. Uh, Dear listeners, if you want to know something awful, 3 to 5% of the average person's body weight is parasites. So, you know, I take you to the doctor, I get you all cleaned out, you're all clean from parasites, and you sneeze like this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, my family's missing! (laughs) Oh no! My son, my beautiful baby boy, Schlimbo! Schlimbo, my boy! (laughs) They start frantically fucking eating dirt and garbage to get my boy back. (laughs) Come back, my boy! My boy, Schlimbo! Schlimbo? Schlimbo, yeah, my beautiful boy. You said Schlimbo. No, Schlimbo. Schlimbo is what I call him for fun. Mm. To remind him that I could have had a better son. (laughs) (laughs) You're an alright son there, Schlimbo, but you could have been Schlumbo, if you know what I'm saying. Could have been a bit better, couldn't you? Okay. Schlimbo. We're moving on. Well, protogenella. I'll let you read this because it's snails. Well, I like snails. Protogenella is a genus of sea snails. Marine gastropod mollusks in the family. Marginellidae, the margin snails. According to the World Register of Marine Species or Worms. Oh my God. I fucking love that acronym. That's great. The following species with valid names are included within the genus Protogenella. Protogenella. You're not going to read all of them. There's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Wow, seven. There's seven of them, and they all start with Protogenella. 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 And they mean nothing. They mean Protogenella something or other. If you were a snail, what kind of snail would you be? I don't know. Big fucking butt snail. Snail that punches her husband in the face. Oh, man. What would that be in Latin? Snail punch a dumbass. <laughs> snail punch a husbungus. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just make fun of my witch laugh? You mocked me. That's yeah. mean. I'm now the target of your spell. Put worms in my mouth or whatever. No. Whoa, I want to read about this fuck. Mel Spillman is an American probate clerk and fraudster who transferred properties of dead people into his own accounts. Spillman lived in San Antonio, Texas. In the 1970s, he was begun to work as a clerk in Bexar County Courthouse. In the 1980s, he began to work as a probate consultant in the medical examiner's office, handling funeral arrangements, and I can't read through your little head. Other affairs of people who had died without heirs. His job was to sell off the property of the deceased and then turn the proceeds over to the state. His co-workers knew him as a jovial man. At one point, he had his own fucking Formula One racing car. Uh, Spillman stole money from the estates of dead people, forging documents and turning the estates over to himself. Uh, what a turd. This guy stinks. Yeah. The Dairy Citizens Defense Association was an organization set up in Dairy 
in July 1969 in response to a threat to national residents from the Royal Ulster Constabulary and civilian <laughs> unionists in connection with the annual parade of Apprentice Boys of Derry on 12 August. Why are you laughing at me? You said national instead of nationalist and constabulatory instead of constabulary. <laughs> Also, you refused to say Dick Da, which is what <laughs> Dairy Citizens Defense Association shortens to. <laughs> this followed clashes with the Rock in January and April 1969, <laughs> which resulted in widespread violence. The Dick Da played a, played a prominent fucking shit. The Dick Da played a prominent <laughs> role in coordinating the area. I can't see through your little head. In coordinating the area's residents in the Battle of the Bogside, and was the effective government of the self-declared Free Dairy from August to October 1969. Its leaders included Sean Keenan, Patty Doherty, and Johnny White. Keenan and White were well-known Republicans. We made that a lot harder than it needed to be. It was so fucking hard. The dick dog just tripping us up. It wasn't the dick dog. It was the constabulary. Mm-hmm. Constabulary. Mm. For me. Yeah, you were tripping up on that constabulary. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. The old rock was getting you, babe. The old rock writhe. Artemisis nothophagy. Ornomyces nothophagy is a species of coral fungus in the family Oriscalpiaceae. How do you say that again? Oriscalpiaceae? Piaci? Piaceae? Piaceae. Oriscalpiaceae, found in southern Chile. It was described as a new to science in 2015 by Richard Neal and Matthew Smith, the scientific epithet. Nothophagy refers to the substrate it grows on. Nothophagus dombei. The species distinguished from other Artemisia species by a combination of smooth spores, largely unbranched fruit bodies, and gliog oh. glioecystidia. That how would you gliocystidia? Yeah. Okay. That extend beyond hymenium. Hmm. I don't know what any of that fucking means. The hymenium is really mean. Really mean? Really mean. Okay. If you poke it, it makes you say bad words. What does the hymenium look like? A butt. Oh, no. It's just a butt? It's a mean little butt gland that mushrooms have. And if you eat the mushroom with a hymenium intact, as soon as you go to burp or say something or whatever, you go, fuck! Or whatever. <laughs> whatever would be considered mean at the moment. Um, Shit. Like if you're eating dinner with your grandma, fuck would be like a bad thing. Yeah. But like if you're sitting around with your friends, fuck wouldn't be a, like no. a mean thing. What would what would a mean thing be? Uh, our lives are short, and this time is largely meaningless. Yeah. Dad. Oh, that makes me sad. Well, don't get sad. Stop squeezing my hymenium. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to poke your hymenium. I'm I gonna love you. Fart now to defend myself. No, don't fart to defend yourself. Spreading don't spores. Do Here come my it. spores. I swear to God, this uh, room breathe is in small. my spores. Yeah. Ah! I'm going to beat you. <laughs> my spores now flitter and flutter around the computer room like darling little darner flies. 
Mmm, yes. They're going to lay eggs in your colon so I can have a new son. Oh, God damn it. What did I name my son? Scrungo? Name him Bugly Booster. Gianni Stuperich. Did I read that right? Gianni Stuperich. Yeah, he, he's Stuperich, dude. Look at all that money he's got. Damn. Was an Italian author. He was born in Trieste, then in the Austrian-Hungarian Empire. In 1948, he won a gold medal in the art competitions of the Olympic Games for his La Grada. Wait a fucking minute. The Olympics had art competitions? Yeah, what? Do they still? Oh, it's pretty. Yeah, it is. I like the blues. He looks like a fine man. I like that uh, part of his Olympic medal record is a yellow circle with the letter G in it. You will give me the G-sphere now, Mr. Olympic. Mr. Olympic being the fucking muscle man that they carve the gold out of every year. Yeah. He's made of gold. He's like the Oscar statue. But where do they get the silver and the bronze? Mr. Silver and Mrs. Bronze, obviously. This is the stupidest thing you've ever done. Hey, listen. They can't all be winners. (laughs) I wouldn't get the G-sphere, babe. The Olensalo Church is an evangelical Lutheran church in the Finnish city of Ulu. It was part of the town of Ulusalo until 2013 when the town was merged with Ulu. The wooden church building has been designed in Gothic Revival style by architect Julius Basilier. It was built between 1888 and 1891. The former Olensalo Church was destroyed in a fire caused by lightning in the summer of 1882. Boy, what a doubleheader. Fire and lightning all at once. Okay. Lightning struck in the church. Lightning wanted to smoke a cigarette, lit a match. Dropped it so carelessly. Lit the whole building on fire. Terrible. You're looking at me. What does that look mean? Do you have something to say? No, I don't. No, you're goddamn right. I have nothing to Squiddly say Squiggly diddly, motherfucker. Ooh. The Quincunks. The, the Quincunks? Kunks. Conks. 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 I want to read this one. Okay. The Quincunks, The Inheritance of John Huffman, is the epic first novel of Charles Palliser. It takes the form of a Dickensian mystery set in the early 19th century London, but Palliser has added the modern attributes of an ambiguous plot and unreliable narrators. Many of the puzzles that are apparently solved in the story have an alternative solution in the subtext. That's kind of fucking interesting, actually. Yeah, that is interesting. I'd like to read the plot introduction. Okay. Plot introduction. The novel begins in London with a secret meeting between two legal men. A bribe reveals the confidential details of a correspondent who is the link to a vital hidden document. Meanwhile, young... John Melamphy is growing up in the remote countryside with his mother Mary, ignorant of the name of Huffam. Gradually, <laughs> Huffam, it becomes. <laughs> Come back to my place and do some Jacob. Gradually, it becomes clear <laughs> that they are threatened by the search for the document. Huh. Shit, this sounds kind of great. This sounds kind of. Da- 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 this sounds pretty neat. I, I'd, I'd give this a read. Yeah. Yeah, that does sound really neat. Yeah. I would if I could read. I will read to you. Oh, well, that's really nice. Will you sit on the side of the bed? Uh, No, I'll sit on your lap and you got to hold me like baby. You're a very, very large baby. Yeah. 
you got to spoon feed me chili every chapter or else I'll stop reading. Okay. Chili is the fire that burns in this engine. Do you bring the chili with you or do I have to grab the chili? Oh, no. I keep up. You haven't seen my chili bucket? We've been married for five years and you haven't seen my chili bucket? I haven't been married for five years. Married for 10 years and you haven't seen my chili bucket? (laughs) We've been dating and having passionate marriage sex for 30 years and you haven't seen my Mm -hmm. chili bucket? What kind of wife are you? What kind of 30 to 5 long year wife are you? If I don't stop you, will you just keep fucking going? Oh yeah, absolutely. (laughs) When the first humans evolved from Australopithecines, you didn't see my chili bucket, which was also there. Who the fuck are you, my wife? Oh God. My my son Schlumbo, my parasitic mud son Schlumbo. (laughs) He's seen my chili bucket. The quincunx. Quincunx sounds like something that, like, it's like an old-timey fetish club. Yeah. Like a masquerade ball for dudes that like to dress in fucking ballet outfits and have passionate, passionate standing sex. Yeah. Free free standing sex. Like, with their feet in water, in little bowls of water the whole time. That sounds like a quincunx to me. Yeah. Dress fancifully, dampen your feet, stand up, and fuck. Oh, quincunx sounds like something that, like, would be in a King Arthur story, like the questing beast or something, you know? King Arthur and his fucking bros go after the quincunx. A horrible monster that shits in the bed and eats all the drapes. (laughs) Oh my god. Will you please draw me the quincunx? Yeah, I can draw you the quincunx. Awesome. Uh, If anybody else wants to draw us the quincunx. Okay, we got time for one more random article. Leo C. Zeffaretti was a Democratic member of the United States House of Representatives from New York. Born in Brooklyn, New York, he attended public schools in the borough. He served in the United States Navy from 1944 to 1946 and was an officer of the New York City Department of Correction from 1957 to 1974. During his period, he enrolled at New York University and Baruch College, but did not take the degree from either institution. So he was a uh, correction guard. He in did, a jail. He did all that while having a period. Brave man. Yeah, you know. Shit, I couldn't do it. No, you couldn't. You turn into a little baby when you have your period. Honestly, full, 110% for, for women that have to fucking do anything yeah. while going through that. Yeah. That's got to be some of the hardest shit in the world. Yeah. Like, so, I have like a minor headache. I'm done. I can't do fucking anything for three days. Yes. I sneeze. And I bonk my head a little bit off of a, a counter. <laughs> I, I'm done. <laughs> so he really did bonk his head off of our counter. And our counter is made of concrete. That's concrete, baby. And he sat down in a chair and the chair like was set a little bit back. And he hit his head <laughs> off of the counter and he went, fuck, shit. Damn! <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, are you okay? 
and I ran to him and I was like, I'm like, oh my God. And he was like, I don't want you near me right now. No. Okay. In my defense, you fucking descended upon me like a large vulture wings out ready to fucking engulf me like an amoeba so after i took that what is for me an incredible amount of battle damage given my usual day-to-day lack of such and i look up and i see this this fucking miasma descending upon me you know i don't want none of that you're gonna get me you're like a carnivorous plant and i'm a little mousy i don't want to get gobbled up yep my feelings were very hurt Oh, were they? Are they hurt right We've now? established this so many fucking times. Do it again. No. Do it again. No. Make up a new feeling and tell me what it's like. <laughs> I'm feeling very squungled right now. What's squungled like? Uh, you've been farting for a while in a small room and you feel bad about it. But it's a unique kind of bad because you've got to deal with the repercussions of it too. So every day for you then? Every day is a squonkled Fart boy. Fart room. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna get a bit squonkled. Our demotivational quote of the week comes from Friday, February 4th, and it is, Optimism is a disease! It has an exclamation point at the end of it, so I had to read it as such. That's a disease I'd be happy to get. Yeah. I, I'm, I like you. To, got. I like to think I'm fairly optimistic. You are. So I want to thank Bitter Coast for the use of their song, Complicated. You can find them on Spotify and Apple Music. And our cat just came into the fucking room. He just opened the goddamn door with his large fucking body. He opened the pod bay door, Hal. I can't let you do that. He's screaming about, go give Bitter Coast a follow and listen to their music. I know that's what he's screaming about. He Big fan. Big, huge, big fans. Our deaf cat loves your music. music. Uh, (laughs) So once again, this has been the Borbo and Bunkus Hour. Instead of typing, donate your money to research. Or your grandma. Hang on one second. Stop the music. Because we forgot to mention our email address, theborboandbunkushour at gmail.com. You can send us pictures of the quincucks that you've drawn yourself or you can send us questions comments or suggestions on anything that you'd like us to read or talk about on this podcast If you've enjoyed this podcast, please consider hitting the subscribe button, giving us a review, and sharing on your favorite social media platforms.